Climate Podcast. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Africa Climate Podcast, a bi-monthly podcast bridging the climate reporting gaps in Africa. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. The drought situation continues to worsen in Kenya. The worst hit are 19 out of the 23 arid and semi-arid land counties. The UN Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs says the number of people in need of assistance has increased from 3.5 million this May to 4.1 million in June. Rainfall failed in 2020, performed poorly during the 2021 short rains, and ceased early during the 2022 March to May long rain season. Now, in Kamar sublocation located in Barengo County in Kenya's Rift Valley, residents say drought has afflicted their village since 2018. This year, the village received rains for only three days between April and May. Salikirwa, a mother of four from Taiban village, is a mixed farmer. She told the Africa Climate Podcast how the drought has dragged her family back into poverty. It is four years since we last harvested. This year, we have not planted anything because we have constantly lost for four years. We have nearly lost hope in farming. My farm is about three acres. I tried planting maize early in the year. It already lost. We planted on three acres. Plowing an acre costs 3,000 shillings, hence it costs us 9,000 for the three acres. I cannot remember how much we incurred on the seeds, but it was a lot of money. After the weeding, the maize just dried. The cows used to come in handy, but last year we bought 200 bales of pasture three times. A bale cost 250 Kenya shillings, incurring 150,000 Kenya shillings on pasture alone. But still, it was not enough. Today, I do not see the need of these animals. You buy them pasture, but you still buy the milk for our children. Due to drought, the goats are not reproducing. They are also sick. Drought is pushing us further into poverty because we have turned to buying everything we need. Previously, we would raise the money from selling the livestock. Today, no one is purchasing a cow. We have resulted to selling the goats to purchase supplies which are still hard to come by. Kirwa is not the only resident worried. With most of his cattle dead, Simon Rotich, a father of six, is worried he cannot raise his children's school fees anymore. Additionally, he's worried that his family might die soon as the sickly goats are the only remaining source of food. I had 12 cows. Today, I only have four calves. The others have died of hunger. We have depleted shrubs which we had resorted to for their food. In addition, diseases have contributed to their deaths. The villagers are now at risk of death because when a cow dies, the source of livelihood for school children is gone. When a goat dies, our food is gone. Apart from our livestock, we have no other source of livelihood. We last harvested maize in 2018. Some people have tried investing in charcoal production, but the drought has persisted to an extent there are no twigs to cover for charcoal kilns. Today, we are left with few goats as all the cows have died, but it is completely dry. The goats have no water as the dams have completely dried and pasture is depleted. <laughs> 
Drought is not the only factor killing this livestock. The community is about 10 kilometers away from the Lake Bogoria National Reserve. Lake Bogoria, a Ramza site, has been flooding since around 2013 together with other Rift Valley lakes and Lake Victoria. Lake Bogoria National Reserve is managed by the Lake Baringo County and key stakeholders such as local communities and Kenya Wildlife Services. Hence, the reserve is not fenced and the cows, goats and wild animals roam freely to graze. Ratich says since the lake waters started rising, the wild animals have increased in numbers, majority moving to private farms. As a result, sassafly and tick infections in cows and goats have increased since then. Since the Lake Bogoria waters started rising around 2012, we started seeing an influx of wild animals migrating towards our farms. Since then, livestock diseases rose deeply to date. Our goats and cows started dying. We also started losing our livestock. We practice free-range grazing. Hence, we constantly lose goats while they go grazing to wild animals like hyenas and wild dogs. We are on our farms, not the game reserve, but the wild animals have left the game reserve, invaded our farms, killing and infecting our animals of diseases. It is devastating. When we treat our animals, they still go grazing freely in the wild. The animals still collect diseases and sessifla infections and drag it back home. The wild animals are many and they are the major source of infections. Our goats and cows have been coughing. When you try treating them, they do not get well. It is frustrating as they are our only source of livelihood. Some people tried helping inject and deworm our goats, but they got worse and died in huge numbers. We are not sure why they are not reacting well with the injections, or we are yet to identify the problem. I'm appealing to well-wishers to help us get medication for our goats and cows, because they are our source of livelihood and our food. Kibet Kobetbet, the Majimoto sub-county assistant chief, says the livestock disease has been made worse by lack of access to extension service providers in the area. Perhaps, uh, well, uh, Agricultural and livestock extension service providers are few and rare to find close to the village. Communication is impossible due to no telecommunication services and poor road network in the area. This makes it very hard to reach an officer when one requires advice. The Mogotio sub-county is very expansive, but the agricultural and livestock officers are very few. People are forced to work alone without the professional help. When we complain, we are advised to find the help we need on the internet. But these old farmers and livestock keepers are somehow illiterate, not conversant with the internet. Now, the long drought has seen some of the permanent rivers flowing into the Lake Bogoria dry up, heavily impacting availability of pasture for both wild and domestic animals. Here is James Kimaru, a senior warden at the Lake Bogoria National Reserve. The issue of climate change actually has really, really impacted a lot of changes in pasture production and uh, patterns. It has really, really, really changed the rainbow pattern as well as um, the inflows of the rivers. We are experiencing now some of the rivers which used to be permanent rivers drawing water, like the Wasagas River, which used to be flowing the whole way from Lakivia down to Lake Boria. But now it's experienced a lot of uh, drought. I mean, there's a lot of obstruction of water in the upstream. This could be as a result of even the uh, population pressure from the society. 
and also the rainbow pattern which has really changed the other thing is um, increase of population pressure from the domestic livestock from the farmers because people living around like warrior actually are pastoralists and definitely their livestock production has really increased a lot but we are trying to work with them and synthesize them on the importance of uh, doing the receipts from the farm we have secured funding from small grant program from chief which has really really done a lot in terms of uh, improving breed livestock and also changing farmers to have their own farms in terms of pasture production there is a storage facility which was done by Baringo county government through the world bank at kamar the storage can store up to 10000 pails of hay and this is actually how the government is now trying to see an alternative way of improving the pasture production for the livestock to be used Kimaru agrees that since the lake waters rising the issue of human wildlife conflict has risen. Here is Kimaru explaining why. Apart from managing wildlife in the reserve, we have other community conservancies which are attached to the reserve and therefore the wildlife move freely from uh, the national reserve to the community conservancies around the community. And the community conservancies are owned by the community themselves in collaboration with management of, of the national reserve uh, management authority because the lake barrier management plan entails the conservation of wildlife inside and outside the protected areas. We all know that in the whole country 70% of the wildlife are now living outside protected areas as compared with the national parks and uh, national reserves. So community play a big key role in terms of conservation of wildlife in outside the protected areas. And therefore issues of human wildlife conflict as a rose as a result of displacement of other wildlife that actually live at Jason within the lakes this is simply because when the, the rising water levels has increased some of the species where the wildlife used to live are actually now under the water so this is actually a significant which has really really impacted habitat of the wildlife even the birds as a result water quality has also impacted on changes because like now like Bogoria we can experience some crocodiles which used not to be there the hippopotamus which is now at like Bogoria used not to be there but that's really really impacted on the issues of human wildlife conflict especially on the competition of pasture and sometimes actually the breeding area for wildlife especially the kudu the impala are actually breeding within around home states of the people this is actually because when they are in reserve there is a lot of predators like ayana leopard despite the rise in human wildlife conflict kobetbet says the community is not receiving compensation for their losses there is a huge crisis facing these livestock keepers and farmers We live close to the Lake Bogoria National Reserve. There are many antelopes who feed on the farm products and pasture. Wild cats and hyena kill goats. None of the villagers has ever received compensation from the loss. It is also difficult to record the complaints as many times no government official comes to record their complaints despite the high influx of wild animals. Sometimes if they do record some animals are said not to be among recorded wild animals that require compensation. Ali this year the Kenyan Parliament revealed that the Kenya Wildlife Services KWS owes victims of human wildlife conflict 2.6 billion shillings in outstanding compensation claims dating as far back as 2017. Rotich says the community has tried in vain complaining to KWS and the Lake Baringo National Reserve but in vain. We have complained to the Baringo National Reserve and the KWS 
but you have gotten no response. They record our complaints when our livestock are killed, but it ends there. Now we are all afraid. These wild animals have threatened our livelihoods for a long time. The drought has persisted for a very long time. Drought has continued since 2018. We have no food as goats and cows are our main food. It is what we sell for our children to go to school. But when killed, no one pays. But why? Kimaru explains. Through the Ministry of Wildlife, we've instituted a committee which is called County Conservation Compensation Committee. This committee actually comprises of all relevant departments that actually deals with issues on wildlife conflicts, actually being chaired by the county commissioner of the county, KWS being the secretariat, and we have four community representations from community representatives that actually has been distributed within the sub-counties. The committee actually are to verify so many stages on the issues of human conflict issues. If the cases are actually for crops or the issues of uh, domestic animals killed, or human beings sometimes, we have such, such numbers. Once the compensation committee is set, they actually verify so many stages on the issues of human conflict issues. If the cases are actually for crops or the issues of uh, domestic animals killed or human beings sometimes, as per how the impact has really affected one community side. Once the forms are being filled, now it's about the, the county to submit the national office for the treasury to make the payment. So one of the key challenges is actually the delay of, of payment from the treasury. But uh, at the county level, we normally finish the, the process. Last year, we made some payment, which we've actually done up around 2016 from 2013. A lump sum of around 29 million was uh, actually compensated in Baringo, which uh, were distributed the whole county, starting from the snack pipe after the crop damage. It's only the only problem is that the process and the delay of disbursement funds from the treasury. When disasters strike, women left with responsibility to care for the small goats and children bear the brunt. How has the long drought impacted women economically? Here is Firis Kemayo, a mother of four. At times, one is forced to go climbing on trees to find some green leaves to feed the cows. After that, you must follow the goats left to roam to check if they've had something to eat. Then, you must find them drinking water. As if that is not enough, the children are waiting for you at home. Drought has left us no time as women to earn a living. One is forced to be out of the house by 5 a.m. to ensure all these duties are taken care of. You are basically up and down the whole day. Today, getting one shilling is almost impossible as all our merry-go-rounds have stopped. Women are struggling. We are no longer affording the monthly sanitary towels. You resort to selling chicken to afford at least one packet, but sometimes you sell and deplete the chicken too. Women are barely surviving. At times, one cannot even afford purchasing bathing soap, as we no longer have the time to earn a coin. Now, this November, world leaders again meet for the 27th UN Climate Summit in Sham el-Sheikh in Egypt, dubbed the African COP. Already, the UN science shows that human activities are responsible for approximately one degree Celsius of warming.
However, the African communities contributing less than 4% of global warming are among the worst hit by the climate change crisis. Last month in June, during the Bonn German Media Climate Summit, countries from the Global South representing 6 out of 7 people on the planet were united in their plea for funding to help them recover and rebuild in the aftermath of climate disasters. But Action Aid says rich countries, particularly the European Union, spiked the discussion about loss and damage at every single turn. Specifically, the discussion on setting up a new finance facility, providing funds, organizing technical support, or even just including loss and damage compensation on the agenda for discussion at COP27. As drought and floods worsen, Will COP27 yield results for pastoralists like Rotich and Kemayo? Or will it be another call for action, but less actual results on the ground? Well, Africa Climate Podcast aims to follow that discussion for you. But in the meantime, please join me next for a discussion on climate justice. That is all we had for you today. Remember, you can access this podcast on every podcast channel and our website, www.africaclimateconversations.com. To contribute, please email us using info at africaclimateconversations.com. Until next week, Kwaheri, my name is Sophie Mbogwa. Africa Climate Podcast.